Hi guys, Catherine here. In case you're wondering, yes, I am still recording from my bedroom closet. This season, we've been catching up with chefs and restaurant owners about what reopening in Boston has meant for them and finding out how we can show our love and support to these small businesses that play such a vital role in our community. I also wanted to remind you to keep your eye on thefoodlens.com. We have patio guides and takeout guides, so whether you're craving pizza or fried chicken or sushi, we have got you covered. On today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Jenny Johnson, and I'm really excited to talk with Jenny. I've watched her on TV for many years with Billy Costa. She is the producer and co-host of Dining Playbook, and I want to talk with her about how she's been navigating television during the COVID crisis, you know, what she's hearing from the restaurant community, and I'm going to ask her a little bit about what her career is like these days and how things have changed since March. Stay tuned at the end of the episode to hear from Jared Sedoyan. He is the GM at Craigie on Main. And our conversation is the latest in a short series we're putting together where we check in with industry folks to see how the pandemic is affecting both our personal and professional lives. Before we get started, I just want to take a minute and talk about 90 plus sellers. I don't know about you, but over the last several months, the pop of a wine cork at the end of a long day sounds especially sweet. 90 Plus Cellars is a Boston-based wine company, and you'll find their wines in retail shops all over New England. They work with highly rated wineries from around the world to bring you great value. Yes, you can uncork that delicious wine for under $10. But I especially love their reserve collection. It hits that $15 to $20 sweet spot. These wines are a step up in quality and come from some of the world's greatest wine regions. I love that you can browse by region on 90plussellers.com. And I love to try wines from Sancerre or the Russian River Valley. They have wine from all over the world. You can also search by varietal, whether it's Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Noir that you're craving. Their wines are available in stores across Massachusetts and New England, but I'm always looking for ways to cut down on shopping trips these days. So buying wine online at 90plussellers.com couldn't be more convenient. They also have a quarterly wine club, which is obviously a great deal, and you never pay for shipping. Is there anything better than stocking up on your favorite wine from your couch? Get 10% off your order with promo code THEFOODLENS at checkout. That's 90plussellers.com. Check out our show notes for more info. Okay, so I'm here with Jenny Johnson. Jenny, it's so nice to meet you, even if it's over Zoom. It is great to see you. I've watched you on TV for a long time, and we're both New Hampshire girls, UNH girls, food TV girls. I'm a little surprised that we've never actually met in real life, so this is very exciting for me. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Great to see you. I didn't even know, I didn't realize, remember that you were a UNH girl, too. So did you grow up in New Hampshire? I did. I grew up in Hopkinton, so like just north of Concord. What about you? So I am actually from Massachusetts, but went to UNH and um, then married, uh, you know, my husband who had a place on the base of Mount Washington. So we do spend a fair amount of time in New Hampshire. I see. That's that's why I I see your Instagram up in New Hampshire sometimes. Um, Well, that's awesome. So I want, I mean, you have so many different projects going on, but I really wanted to talk with you, you know, about, we've talked to so many restaurant owners about how they're, you know, navigating COVID and... Uh, I'm curious how, um, you know, television is working for you guys. And I'm, I'm curious, something that I struggle with a lot, both on the podcast and then, um, you know, I do some writing and I cook on Milk Street. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen for our TV season. But I really struggle between wanting to offer viewers a sense of hope. And there are, you know, good, happy stories out there that I want to share, but never wanting to sugarcoat what a just truly devastating 
you know, situation it is for the restaurant owners. Um, and I'm curious how you as a journalist and someone covering this and also someone who cares so much about the industry, like how do you strike that balance between wanting to be hopeful and also wanting to be real? It's interesting. Um, I think it comes from the passion of the, from the chefs, right? So I think of like the people that have ignited such, such passion and such dedication over the course of their careers. And, uh, and certainly the connection with the nonprofit world. I think the way that I'm balancing it right now is to state the facts that have been presented to us as it relates to the city and the state. And then I'm telling the story behind, you know, whoever it is that we're connecting with. So, you know, if I'm talking about a chef that has a bunch of cookbooks, or if I'm talking about a chef that is focused on doing meal kits, or if I'm talking about a chef who is doing a lot of nonprofit work, I kind of come up with like, what what are the things that this particular person is doing? And then I generate the story based on that. And that feels like helpful information for the person that's watching or listening to be able to say, okay, there's Joanne Chang. She just came out with her seventh cookbook. I only have three of them. Maybe I'm going to buy the other, you know, the other four. And okay, for Thanksgiving, she's doing this with pies. Okay. So that's, you know, that, that's, that's where I'm going to spend my investment right, right here. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of coming up with like who this particular person is and figuring out a way to be able to help and support them in my storytelling. I love that. And it's such like an actionable, like these are the actionable things that you can do. Um, and obviously I, I don't know you, but you strike me as someone who, uh, that seems like the way that you operate in the world. And and another, I'm sort of skipping around now, but another piece of the food world that I find interesting is you shared the story about your daughter's uh, anaphylactic um, allergic reaction to food and then how you've kind of been navigating it through different doctors and experimenting with Ayurveda. Uh, I find I'm also a, a mother of two young kids. I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And I'm just, I was really like impressed by how you handled it and how you've been sharing. Um, it's another really challenging thing. So could you talk about what that journey has been like a little bit as a food person and also as a mom? Yeah, um, that's a, that's a big one. So let's see. Um, I think it, it has been a incredible, it continues to be an incredible journey. So my daughter, now that I'm, you know, I have some distance from it and can, and can take a look at sort of the trajectory of the beginning of her life, you know, she was pretty sick really early on. You know, she had an overactive immune disorder, you know, like I can, I can pinpoint as early as eight weeks. And, um, and I think, you know, and we don't know each other that well, but I feel like there's a, a particular personality that says, okay, I'm either going to like, I'm going to be incredibly active in whatever's happening, or I'm going to kind of sit back and, and, and watch what happens and have faith that, that things will figure itself out. I was not the latter. I like definitely <laughs> dove into whatever the circumstance was in a way that, um, you know, my husband says like, there was nothing surprising about that, uh, to him at all. Um, and that journey included, uh, working with, a number of different people. And it led me to a couple of very key um, transitionary places in my life and in my daughter's life and in my daughter's health. Uh, and both of those um, are ones that I continue to explore. One of them is allergy release technique, ART, which is a um, modality that was created by a woman here in Massachusetts. And I 
can never, um, you know, say thank you enough to my dear friend Ming Tsai, who is the reason why I uh, was connected to Amy. And, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, I guess the irony of it all is I've spent my professional life in food. My daughter came out and was allergic to almost all food. And, um, you know, so there was this like very strange, you know, irony in there of, you know, how do I continue to tell the story of something that if my daughter comes in contact with, she could die. And so there was, of course, there was a lot of emotion and then there was a lot of education. And so I think what it's done is it's really transitioned me to a place where I have a deep respect and a totally new understanding of the power of what's on your plate. Um, so I mentioned ART, allergy release technique founded by a woman named Amy Terringer, who raised her children here and ultimately found this protocol because her son, who was older at the time, um, went into anaphylaxis from a cashew. And so the principle is our children these days have really, really full immune systems. So they're full with a lot of different things. Like they're they're just they're filled with kind of a hate to say it, but like a dirtier world than you and I were raised in. Certainly a dirtier world than our parents were raised in. There's, a, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of more chemicals. There's hormones, there's antibiotics, there's GMOs. Like there's just things that are circulating in you and in me and in our kids that weren't there before. So, you know, part of this, certainly, of course, there's a genetic component to this, but there's so many other external factors that are having our kids with kind of these like you call it like like a cup, like a really full cup. And at some point that cup's gonna, you know, that's it's gonna spill over. And so that's what anaphylaxis was for my for my daughter. Her cup was too full and she couldn't manage all of the things that were that were in her system. And so what ART does is it like peels back the different layers or it empties up that empties out that cup. And it really brings your bet your immune system into a place of balance. Um and it's fascinating. It's a radioactive frequency machine. She has cured hundreds of children of, of allergies. And, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because the company is growing uh, immensely right now and is, if you ask me, going to be what the future is of treating allergies, which is very different than you'll find in a lot of, um, a lot of our main hospitals out there and, and, you know, nothing against that, but it's just a, it's a different approach. And so I would say ART balancing Vienna's immune system and a combination of feeding her a very, very, very deliberate diet. That was not one that I was raised on and not one that I ever imagined, you know, Vienna or having a daughter being raised on. And, um, you know, that deliberate diet was how I found Ayurveda and how I, um, I now view food in just a totally different lens, perfect for your for your program's <laughs> name, but like it is not um it is nothing like I experienced before and that's really where Ayurveda has come in and I am only I've only begun to scratch the surface. I'm a I'm amidst a, you know, a 2-year program and maybe even longer um of of just educating myself on on this ancient form of healing that dates back 5,000 years in India. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. With the holidays coming up, I wanted to take a minute and talk to you guys about Curdbox. So Curdbox is this amazing monthly cheese subscription. It's from the owners of Curds & Co., which is an incredible Brookline cheese shop. Matt and Jen, the owners, have a couple of cheese shops in Boston, and they are fantastic people with great taste. So these Curdboxes... 
they feed enough for two to three for dinner because sometimes, I mean, let's be real, we just want to eat cheese for dinner or six to eight for nibbling. And they come with three different artisanal cheeses. They have some accoutrements, little specialty food snacks. And they also come with a dedicated Spotify playlist and they have a Curdcast podcast. They also throw in some wine pairing cards so you know exactly what to sip with your cheese. So check out curdbox.com and use the promo code FOODLENS at checkout for $10 off your first order. That's curdbox.com and use the promo code FOODLENS for $10 off your first order. And then, you know, going back to the New England hospitality industry, like what are some, so obviously it's a very challenging time, but you know, what are some of the exciting things that you've seen? We, you talked about um, takeout and and chefs pivoting to do different things. Like, what are what are some what are some heartening, exciting things that you've that you've seen come out of this time? So much creativity. You know, we watched a summer of you know feeling like a lot of our streets were like Europe, and a lot of um, you know, and now we're going into winter, and we're seeing a lot of our streets look like. Antarctica with our igloos. And, you know, so we're seeing like a lot of creativity um, from what are already such creative beings. You know, I, I also think that one of the things that's been super exciting to watch is more on the forefront for me is the involvement with the nonprofit. So something that Billy and I have been very focused on for the majority or his whole career, which is like 35, 40 years and mine for 17, is the nonprofit space. So when we're not, you know, hosting television shows and radio shows and that kind of thing, we sort we serve on the boards of a number of nonprofits and we also serve as an MC and auctioneer for a number of these nonprofits. And as you well know, the major component for fundraising are these galas, right? Are these 2000, 3000, 500, whatever it is, person galas that we used to serve as an MC and an auctioneer for and do the majority of their fundraising in one night. These galas don't exist right now, and we don't really know how long it's going to be until they exist again. So I would say um, one of the biggest focuses for us and one of the most powerful things that we have seen from our folks, our friends in the hospitality industry, have been despite the fact that their businesses are all but demolished, they are still so focused on the nonprofits that they support in a way that is, I mean, it's giving me chills, unbelievably powerful. Um, and, you know, I can, I can tell you, you know, a list of, you know, so many of them, sure. I'm sure some of them that you, um, you know, have talked to before. And it is, you know, yesterday I shot for the Greater Boston Food Bank, their annual chain of giving event virtually, and we were inside Mita. And Chef Williams was there. And he had a few of his staff in there and they were, you know, ladling soup and it was early and they're not open for lunch. And it was like a huge process. Like they were cooking, they were ladling, they were doing, you know, and I'm saying, you know, what, what, like, what are we doing for the soup? Like what, what's the story here? And, and they're huge supporters of off the plate, which is an incredible nonprofit um, organization. And, um, and so, you know, there they are, you know, not in service, not with much service, right. Everybody knowing that like, you know, there's potentially you know, some news looming, right, about what the what the state of, of things are gonna look like for the next few months. And they're they're about to go send over gallons and gallons of delicious soup to some of the essential workers at MGH or children's actually in this particular instance. That's just one example. One example. I mean, we do a lot of work with Ashley Stanley and Love and Spoonfuls. We do a lot of work with 
um, you know, the, like senior home care in Boston, we do, you know, you know, Pine Street in like, you know, the numbers are staggering. If you think about the change that has taken place only in this past year, I mean, the food bank numbers are the ones that are ringing true to me right now because I just did it. But there's a 59% increase in food insecurity in our state. There's, we have little kids, one in five children are food insecure. And that's something that like, I feel it in my heart. And I know every single one of our chef friends and folks in the hospitality industry feel it in their heart. And instead of just feeling it, they're actually like they're doing things about it. And, um, you know, that to me is why this industry will survive. And that's like, that's what keeps me looking forward is I know that these people are tireless and they are, you know, they are still working despite not even knowing how much longer they're going to be able to employ some of the people that are cooking. I, I, from the beginning of this, I've just been blown away. I mean, I've worked in restaurants you know, I thought I knew, I thought I knew restaurants, but like you were saying, the unfailing generosity. And it's like when they're hurting the most, the first thing is like, okay, well, how can we help? You know? Um, and I just, it's, it's, it's moving and it's inspiring and it's heartbreaking and it's, it's all those things. I'm also curious, you were talking about, you know, these galas and all the, all these events that you do. How has your personal life changed I mean, not being out as much. I mean, I, I imagine a big part of your life was attending events and, and, and doing things. And that I'm sure you're still busy, but it's different now. So how, is, how has your life changed? Over the past few months, yeah, bu- yeah, busy is busy is very different now. It's funny. Our my one of my New Year's resolutions for 2020. So this time last year, my husband and I come up with like you know what what some things we want to change personally, what some things we want to change as a family, what some things we want to change professionally. And one of my goals was kind of like combining a lot of them, and it was that I was going to only be outside of the house for whatever commitment it would be three nights a week. And to a lot of people, that sounds like insane, right? Like you, three, three times a week was less. Like, so that was like a big, that was a big, you know, downshift for me for 2020 was what it was going to be three nights a week. And, um, I'm, I'm now realizing a year in where, you know, the nights out are not anything like they were. I think I'm realizing how insane it was that I was, I was like the output was, was to that extent. And so I think, you know, I've had to do a big calibration um, and, and and like a constant calibration because there is another side to this. Like we all know this, like there is, you know, like patience is something we're, we're certainly having to tackle right now and, um, and, and consider, but you know, we know that there's another side to this. Um, and so I think for me, it's about appreciating the fact that I've had, I've had some serious time with my kid, you know, in a way that I, I wouldn't, I probably never would have known was possible. So, you know, in 2022, am I going to have to make a, you know, New Year's resolution? Okay, I got to go back to making sure it's only three days, you know, three nights a week that I'm away from my family, maybe. Um, But hopefully I've learned enough that there there has to be a balance for all of us. And so I'm hopeful that I'm going to learn enough over, you know, potentially this, you know, next quarantine or lockdown, like whatever it's going to look like in the, in the months ahead, I'm going to learn enough to be able to keep myself from, you know, what was a pretty, oh, it was a pretty chaotic, uh, pretty chaotic life. But I, you know, so there's part of me that misses some of it. There's sure, part of me that misses same. some of that energy, <laughs> but, um, but most of me has, um, you know, like I'm an extroverted introvert. Like I really am. A, I'm an introvert. Like this is where I, I am actually, I'm good in this place. 
Um, but I, I lived so much of the past 17 years out, you know, like energy out. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm settling into this place. Um, I think more comfortably than I imagined I would. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Now I have just two last questions for you, but before I get to that, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you haven't yet that you're working on that you're excited about? Well, I, you know, I think there's, we, we did, we launched a holiday gift guide this year, um, which has been pretty exciting. And I think, you know, we're always supporting local businesses, small businesses, big focus this year on minority owned businesses. And I think it was an opportunity for us to sort of pull together a bunch of, a bunch of these different businesses. Billy has a list, Dunning Playbook has a list, Jenny has a list. And, um, so that's something that we're, we're excited about and, and have, have launched on diningplaybook.com, but have also, you know, we'll be sharing on our social media throughout the rest of November and, and December. Um, but, you know, so that's exciting. I think, um, you know, I guess the last message is pick that nonprofit, like pick that, pick that organization that is doing something that, it, you know, relates to something that you support and, and give a gift, donate wherever you can. I mean, that's really the message that I'm looking to share. And we certainly shared a lot of the nonprofits throughout our holiday gift guide. Um, so however many sweaters you buy, we want to support the <laughs> small businesses to do that too, or however many, you know, um, you know, gift certificates you're buying, couple that with some kind of donation to a nonprofit that you, that you've either historically supported or is one that you've learned more about. That's a great, that's a great message. So the only things that I have left are where can we watch Dining Playbook and hear your radio show? Yeah, so Dining Playbook airs because there's no Red Sox and Bruins right now. It airs pretty much a lot. Uh, My we're dad definitely was like, doing yeah, a lot. She's always like going to the games. I was like, used to, yeah, used to, <laughs> like, right, exactly. When, when that used to work out, but yeah, so we're we're doing. There's a lot more Dining Playbook out there in terms of content than than actually, quite frankly, used to be, but. Um, you always know you can see it on Nesson at 9 a.m. on Saturdays and 9 p.m. on Sundays. That That is a constant, regardless of what's happening in the sports world. Uh, and then our radio show airs as the lead into 60 Minutes on WBZ Radio, um, which is at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. And then we also simulcast that with the iHeart Media podcast. So you can just search Food for Thought um, on the iHeart podcast. And that's where that is. Uh, and then otherwise, I'm still Ms. MS Jenny Johnson on, on Instagram, which is where some of those stories uh, stories lie. Awesome. And then lastly, Jenny, like what has been your go-to takeout or a couple of your favorite um, takeout options during this, this crazy time? Oh, that is such a hard question, but <laughs> I, know, I will right? give you a, a handful of them because okay, there's we'll so take many them all. and I don't want to. So Myers and Chang, I eat from, I live in the South End right now. So there's the, a lot of places that, you know, we eat around here. Myers and Chang has some of my favorite food, um, takeout food there is. Every dish just makes my mouth water. Um, Mela is a restaurant, Indian restaurant in the South End that we order from all the time, probably twice a week. Um, you know, I, I, Summer Shack has been doing really cool kits that we've been ordering. Um, there's, there's the lobster pot pie. I urge you, Catherine, to order (laughs) one and try it. Um, and it's, it's literally a kit that's all comes already pop in the oven and oof, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Um, and you know, those are a few just in our area, certainly supporting the Aquitaine restaurant group, um, in a big way. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to do as much as we possibly can, you know, like we're, even if it means we're buying $25 gift certificates when we go out in addition to the meal that we, um, you know, that we're ordering and, 
I'm not saying everybody can do this, but something that we've adopted as a family is, you know, we all, you know, we're always 20% tippers. We're trying to be 40% tippers, you know, like we're trying to, um, you know, that extra 15, 20, whatever it looks like dollars that you're spending is, um, you know, it's going to make a big difference. And again, I'm not saying that everybody can, can do that. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, we, I wonder if, you know, can we, but I can right now, you know? Yeah. And so that feels like, um, just something extra that, that can be done and can make a big difference if somebody, you know, if a server's going home with an extra 30, 40, 50, $60, whatever it is, they've, you have to keep in mind, they've seen 30, 40, 50, 60 less tables that week than they typically would. So, um, yeah, those are some, those are some little additions that, that, that we've made on our end. Awesome. Well, Jenny, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Um, I'm excited to follow along in your Ayurveda journey. So what are you cooking? What are you cooking for the holidays? Are you cooking a lot for the holidays? It's so funny. I don't know. I'm in like a little bit of a, I'm really busy right now. I have a CPG brand called Not Just and we have three new products coming out. So I'm like constantly, we had a photo shoot yesterday. I'm like recipe testing, doing photo shoots. So I'm eating like everything with Not Just pasta sauce and Not Just (laughs) caramel and all that. So I haven't done a lot of traditional cooking, but I'm, we're just doing a really small Thanksgiving with my husband and, and kids, but my son and I were looking through like food and wine at Bon Appetit yesterday and trying to pick out some fun new things to try. So I'm hoping to get into the the festive spirit soon here. What about you? Are you going to cook? Nice. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make a couple new recipes, um, from an Ayurveda cookbook that I has become sort of like my Bible. Um, and I, you know, what's nice is, is being able to sort of incorporate some familial things as well as, but like, think about them from an Ayurvedic perspective, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like the nice thing about Ayurveda. And I think the, the, the thing that we've totally gotten away from as a society is if you're healthy, like if you're a healthy person, you should be able to eat everything. Like there's no such thing as like restrictions in Ayurveda, which is such a foreign concept to all of us because we've become a society of elimination. So me right. coming back to a place where it's like, I eat dairy, sure. Like I, I didn't eat dairy for like six years. So I'm excited for that because this is kind of like the first year that I'm not, I'm not eating gluten. I'm not eating, I'm eating anything. You know, like I know where it comes from. So I feel good about the, the you know, the, the quality but I'm eating everything. So I'm excited to bring some new um, new recipes back into the repertoire. Yes, the possibilities are endless. Well, I hope you and your yeah. family have a really good Thanksgiving. Um, it was oh, lovely talking to you. And I'm excited to tune into your radio show because while I've watched you on TV a lot and really enjoyed your and Billy's rapport, I have yet to hear the radio show. Oh. So I will definitely tune oh, in. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for including us. And um, and yeah, I mean, any any... Anyone who's supporting the industry or, or the hospitality industry right now are, are people that are close to our hearts. So um, thank you for having me on and thank you for the, the work that you do to support the industry as well. Thanks, Jenny. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, my name is Jared Sedoyan. I am the general manager at Craigie on Main in, uh, just outside of Central Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts. In the before times... Um, there was a, a sort of nice kind of rhythm to the work that we did. One of the benefits of, or that I always found of working in bars and restaurants um, was that <clears throat> while your night was different each time you went into a service because the people that you served were different and the stories that you heard were different, the, the, the motions, the, the mechanics, the setup, the breakdown was always the same. We'd set up the bar exactly the same way, right? Right. Servers would set up the restaurant in exactly the same way. Same side work, 
same folding of napkins, same cutting of butter, so on and so forth. Now I may show up to work tomorrow and one hour into it, we may have to set our to-do list on fire and start over again. The, the days can certainly be very difficult and the sort of lingering anxiety is sometimes hard to manage, <clears throat> but you get through a tough week and you reflect on that on your day off or whatnot and you get to see what you're able to accomplish. One of our sous chefs put it really well. You know, he looked up at me and he said, I'm, I'm putting food on plates, right? I was punching in an order. I was pouring wine for two folks who were seated with us and enjoying a, a dinner with us, which is not something that we had done in five months at that point. <clears throat> and there is, from a front of house perspective, I, I really feel like there's an energy that you derive from being able to serve someone something, whether it be food, wine, cocktail, you name it, and being able to see the look on their face uh, as they you know, realize just how good of a piece of pork that was. The Food Lens Podcast is hosted by Catherine Smart and produced by Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and share the show with friends and family. Your help means so much to us. And as always, check out thefoodlens.com for the best restaurants and bars in Boston.